You're listening to the Premier Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Filter Free Podcast. I am your host, TJ Stevens. Well, problematic. Out of my left earbud. Getting off to a banging start here. Though. Joining me as always. Step ends. Dollar Bill Dave. Yeah. I touch myself. I, I just need to clip that. Just Dave. <laughs> I touched myself. And Timmy C. <laughs> goo, goo, goo. Dave's is awesome. And he got a new hat and it's hilarious. <laughs> Are you drunk? Yes or no? And it's marked on the right-hand side for both. Time element draws. Get my panties wet. I love it. We've covered this butt wipe on a few different occasions. Butt wipe? You don't call people butt wipe anymore? No. I'm not. I'm not seven. Good news is I've limited the producer's amount to screw us over this, so we're actually going to get to sing along with the songs now. You are welcome. I miss my wild man hair. Grow it back. It's coming back. On his back. Hello, and welcome to the Filter Free Podcast. Wow! I am your host, TJ Stevens. Step-ins. Joining me, as always, Dollar Bill Dave. Who boy. I'm surprised I have any voice or anything left after last night. Jenny. If you haven't seen at the Casio Kid perform stand-up comedy. Matt Casio. You are missing out on life, because that <laughs> some bitch is funny. And Timmy C. Who? Mm. Day. Who day? It is week the beginning of week one right here. It's Sunday. Correct. So this is actually probably one of the few times in the three years of the show that we're actually recording two days before the show actually drops. This is fairly current. Because Timmy C. is awesome. Yep. And, you know, let's, let's ignore the video editing, editing guy. Let's just focus on audio. That's fine. Who? Um, so last week we did and the UWF watch along in Schaumburg, Illinois, live from uh, Starcast Six. I mean, it was actually Timmy's hotel room. I'm pretty sure TJ has COPD after listening. To <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, upon, upon further analysis, I may have had the microphone too close to my mouth the entire show. In your mouth the entire um, show. But I. I had so much fun doing that show. I, so, unfortunately, there was no video for that show, but I legit fell down laughing three times. Um, I think every time we get together, we need to do a watch along. That was fun. Absolutely. That was that was so much fun. And the fact, going back and listening to it, the fact that we talked about the show a whole zero. Zero. <laughs> like zero. It, it's starting in three, two, one, two hours later. All right, the show's over. Malicious Sid Vicious. <laughs> the movie. Now, we would, we would literally say who was wrestling, and then we would just veer away into another kind. We're halfway through it. The Killer Bees are there, um, and they're like, they won their match. I was like, Killer Bees had a match? Yeah, they hey, won where their, was I? They won their inaugural tag team title match. Didn't Never defended it. again. No. Never seen it. Um, Neither did they. If you were also wondering, uh, Efren's fart in that show was very real. <laughs> <laughs> I almost, wrecked, I almost wrecked my truck driving home the other day because I, I forgot that happened, and all of a sudden it came across my phone. 
wrecked them. Damn near <laughs> killed them. <laughs> Anywho, um, Starcast Six, a lot of fun there. Um, I don't uh, if you do, if you're if you've just gone as a, a guest, which was the first one I worked. Um, it was a, a a ton of fun, but you do not realize how much work goes into that thing to make sure it runs properly. Uh, Marine and her crew, my my heavens, um, who? I mean, we I, got done. I pulled got, up my health app and I averaged ten miles a day walking. Yeah, I probably wasn't too far behind, but uh, luckily doing the front desk, I didn't have to walk far. For I averaged two hundred fifty miles a day driving. Driving, correct. Yeah. Um, so what on, on Friday night when we stopped doing the Mac cast, Max Caster rap show was that like one in the morning? Yeah, we started at nine a.m. And you and I were doing together. Yeah, that sucked. But I mean, the rest of the days were all right. They were yeah. okay. Um, our, our boys, Premier Streaming Network, they just left. Uh, they just had a show in New Jersey last night as we were recording. So this past Saturday, Matt, Matt Cardona, Cardona is is your inaugural Premier Streaming Network champion. So there's that. Efren, our good friend Efren was there. Bum Wine Bob was there also. I thought you were going to call him Bum Water. <laughs> Bum water, water Bob. Bob. <laughs> Bad water Bill was in the house. So here's what you do. If you want to watch that show, you're like, I wonder who else was in that tournament. Because Steph DeLander won the inaugural Premier Streaming Network Women's Championship. If you want to become a member and watch that show live, you go to watchonpremier.com, become a member. And on top of getting those shows and then shows like, you can go back and watch StarCast 6. You can go back. And you can watch Impact pay-per-views. You'll also get Everybody's Got a Pod with Ted DiBiase, One of a Kind with RVD, Offer Chops with Jesse McKay and Cassie Leet, Fight Factory, Talking with Friends, so says Shirnoff. I have to say that very slowly every time I read it. On the Ropes. That was extreme with the Blue Meanie, Josh Shirnoff, and Joel Gertner. Actually, we met the Meanie this past weekend in, in Schaumburg. Chop Sports Social. Squeaky Bum Time podcast, the Jersey Boys podcast, Undisputed with Bobby Fish, Big Football News, Diamond Marks Dude Cast, The News, brought to you by the Major Wrestling Figures podcast, Houses of Wrestling. I met him this weekend too in Schomburg. Sabu Speaks, the Spotlight Series, and of course, us. And we'd be remiss if we didn't mention the star of Saturday Night for Starcast. Our good friend Efren, the game event, and IRFB with Efren and Mike Kyoto. All those things when you become a member at watchonpremiere.com. Timmy, we have a Patreon network. Correct. We have the Filter Free Network. Where you will get along with this show and the recordings as well, you get Legends Let's Rethink This. It's back, baby. Footballers getting paid with Tim and Dave. Our weekly podcast telling you how to get rich. Evolution of evil. Wrestling with commercials plus our list of 2023, 24, 25. But list of bus rides and events and you never know what we're going to do. We popped up at StarCast. Nobody knew we were all going to be there. It's true. Not even us. Well, we knew like the day before. Yeah. Um, Dave, was, by the way, Dave was in a bus. 25... 2025 is my 40th birthday year, and my birthday always falls in WrestleMania season. So, okay, 
I think we do this sweet life at WrestleMania. I'll start saving now. Yep, that would be a good idea. <laughs> Hopefully they have it in like Minneapolis where things are reasonable. Prices. It'd be cold. Well, we're, it's indoors. They should do it in like Mexico City. Ugh. Things are really reasonable there in the tot. And it's hot. Water's cheap. Don't drink it. No, unless it's out of a bottle. Water. The water is cheap, but the toilet paper is expensive. Because <laughs> you go through a lot. Yes. Um, that's uh, By the way, it's www.patreon.com forward slash filter free is our Patreon network. $10 will get you all this um, free stuff. So we kind of slacked off on the video for the Patreon. That has been caught up. Um, we also, Evolution of Evil, we have not recorded an episode in six weeks. And that is because Justin's had family issues. I my I'm unfortunate. I'm in my four weeks of, of shift work right now. And, and, your, and your house has COVID. So. Upstairs, my house has COVID. At least my kids do. They have COVID and pink eye. If you would like to know how my weekend's been going, that's how. Keep somehow your fingers I'm, out of your butts, kids. Somehow I've been fine. I'm the only one that hasn't gotten sick. I think I told you. I think I'm, I think I'm Iron Man. It's because you were surrounded by neck beards last weekend. So oh, they kind of prepped me for. If this you didn't weekend. catch anything from them, you ain't catching it. But by the way, when I was putting wristbands on y'all, a lot of y'all were sweaty, and you just walked in the door. Well, it takes a lot to get out of a car. It's concerning. And I don't even mean it's like, that's gross. I mean, it is gross. But, like, you might want to go to a doctor. That, <laughs> that should not be happening. What do you say we get rolling? Anyone else have any announcements or fun things they'd like to discuss? Undertaker's 1-0 in Tuscaloosa now. You you said that? No one heard it except you two, though. Right. And we, we didn't even get it, so... By the way, yeah, check that video out. The Texas hype video for that game was awesome. Undertaker killing it. Speaking of killing it. Some... My son's very upset about something upstairs. I don't blame him. So uh, allow me to talk over that because this week we're going back to September 9th, 1991. Right in our wheelhouse. And we're going to watch some WWF primetime wrestling it's really weird to do a show with the format again. Before we get to that show, let's see what was happening in your world yesterday. Let's run through some events. Filter free up first stories that missed the cut. September 2nd, third real album for Garth Brooks. Broken the Wind is released. We'll go on to win Billboard Album of the Year in 1992. And I'm shameless. September 2nd, former show topic Jerry Lewis has his 26th muscular dystrophy telethon, and it raises over $45 million. And not to be mistaken for Jerry Lee Lewis. Correct, who married his cousin. And she was, like was, out she was half of 26 when he married her. Correct. Gross. September 5th, Nelson Mandela is chosen as the president of the African National Congress. Good choice. I agree. September 5th, John Travolta marries Kelly Preston in Paris. Bad choice. Bad choice. For her. Both, both parties. Welcome to Scientology. Yeah. September 7th. Former show topic WKRP in Cincinnati is revived here with three of the original members back on the cast. Baby, did you ever wonder, wonder what Sounds like wet bags of cement hitting the sidewalk. September 8th. Buffalo Bills quarterback Jim Kelly throws six touchdowns 
against Pittsburgh in a 52 to 34 Buffalo win. Shitsburg. Mm. I thought you would enjoy that. September 9th, Mike Tyson's indicted for the rape of Desiree Washington. I think we covered. Did we, no, we just covered. What did we cover? Trump's Trump is his business manager. That's what we covered. Uh, there's so much to cover there. There's a lot, and that was like 1989. <laughs> September 12th, Nolan Ryan of the Texas Rangers leads his team over the Twins four to three for career win number 312. So I saw a video yesterday, and it said, "When you're Nolan Ryan, you throw a pitcher or throw a pitch at someone, and they chase you, and you do this." And it showed him beating Robin Ventura. And then it showed a clip of, a, like, a, I guess a Korean baseball game where the batter came after the pitcher, and the pitcher started running it, uh, around I'm, the outfield. I saw <laughs> <laughs> At some point, you got to be like, you guys got to have my fucking yeah. back. What are we doing here? I, I feel, Empty! Bullpen! I actually feel terrible for <laughs> Robin Ventura because of that clip, because he left a batter's box, and I'm sure in his mind was not a thought of, I'm going to live forever after this. <laughs> <laughs> for all the wrong reasons. September 13th, Joe Carter. Speaking of living forever, the Toronto Blue Jays becomes the first player in Major League history to have three consecutive 100 RBI seasons on three different teams, Cleveland, San Diego, and then Toronto. I don't remember him on on San Diego. Because he was there for one season. Apparently. Yeah, he had over 100 RBI September 14th, Marshall Falk, freshman running back of San Diego State, rushes for an NCAA record 386 yards and seven touchdowns against Pacific as San Diego State wins 55-34. Their quarterback uh, stayed at home that day. <laughs> I don't think he did. They, aver- they, they, they threw four passes. September 15th. Was Trent, was Trent Dilfer there then? Did he play for San Diego State? For Fresno. Yeah. I thought he played for Fresno. Oh, he did play for Fresno. You're well, right. and he only ran for seven touchdowns. So that's 35 points. Someone else scored 20 points. Yeah, the kicker Kick. got two, two, two field goals. That was the Six other Six and a half field goals. That's the rest of their points. <laughs> Six and a half. Magic. <laughs> <laughs> September 15th, Magic Johnson marries Erletha Kenny. Kelly. That's what I said. <laughs> Kenny. Kenny. Oh, my God. They killed Kenny. September 16th, Willie Nelson marries Annie D'Angelo in Nashville. There's lots of people getting married. Well, uh, Otis Nixon did not. He probably wishes he would have. September 16th, Otis Nixon of the Atlanta Braves is suspended for the rest of the season due to cocaine. No. Uh, Yep. On the same day, Norm Charlton is suspended seven days for intentionally hitting Steve Socha. Shouldn't have been standing there. Should not have been standing. Probably shouldn't have been talking shit. Steve Socha? You sure about Mike Socha? It said Steve Shosha. The let she Shosha. There's a C in there. I don't know if you knew that. <laughs> September 18th, University of Tennessee football team is hit with two years of probation after violating the rules of recruitment. Shocker. Mm. They're going to win the SEC this year. Uh, just saying. <laughs> well, actually, they might now. September 21st. The Dream Team was announced for the 1992 Olympics. We just covered this uh, a few weeks ago. Beefcake and Valentine? Sure. Mm-hmm. Yep. They won the gold medal for us on two-on-five basketball. <laughs> well, they had Jimmy Hart, so it's like... <laughs> he was wearing half. the shin guard. That's why. <laughs> two-on-five. <laughs> September 22nd, Don Shula of the Miami Dolphins wins his 300th career game in the NFL. He was good. He was good. September 28th, jazz musician Miles Davis dies of pneumonia at age 65. If pee in your pants is cool, consider me Miles Davis. 
You know what's fun is I remember walking down the main hall of StarCast and saying this to you. Yes. <laughs> September 29th, my own private Idaho starring Keanu Reeves and River Phoenix premieres. Glad never seen never glad you it. put that in here. Never that should have that should have missed the missed the cut. September 30th. That was gonna be on Have You Seen It, but I haven't seen I it. I know. September 3rd, or, yes, I had the right month. September 30th, the Jerry Springer show debuts on syndicated TV. R.I.P. Jerry. And that was stories that missed the cut. Stories in the wheelhouse. Let's do some college football. September 7th, Ty Detmer, quarterback for BYU, breaks an NCAA career record as he amasses 11,606 yards for his collegiate career. Detmer was a highly touted quarterback prospect coming out of Southwest High School in San Antonio after he was named an All-American and the Texas Player of the Year. However, he was also excelling at baseball and basketball after being All-State in baseball and All-District in basketball. Luckily for him, maybe, he chose football and he chose BYU after being attracted to their alcohol-free campus, nerd. Pussy. He initially redshirted in 1987 and then started one game as a redshirt freshman in 88. But his one game was impressive. He threw for 333 yards and five touchdowns in a 65 to nothing win of New Mexico. Now, granted, it's impressive until I say New Mexico. Yeah. They have a football team? Barely. Actually, I did security at one of their games. It was Brian Erlacher and I, ironically, too. I'm that sure was 2000. You had, to, had to hold back. 2005 tens of people all 12 of them actually do, do you guys remember the kicker the female kicker from colorado that had like the scandal there yeah i seen that movie it was she uh, was kicking in new mexico it was kathy ireland it was not that was i mean that movie's phenomenal but it's not that one i'd munch your butt it's kathy ireland okay good today i'm glad we cleared that up to cap off the season, he was named the MVP of the Liberty Bowl after coming into the game as a substitute and led BYU to a 20-17 comeback win over Colorado. He was named the full-time starter for the 89 season and threw for 4,560 yards and 32 touchdowns. I will remind you, this is 1989. He's doing this. He was second in total offense behind only Andre Ware of Houston, Detroit Lions legend. BYU ended their season losing to Penn State in the Holiday Bowl, fifty to thirty-nine, but it wasn't because of Detmer. I will, you, they gave up fifty. <laughs> they gave up 50, yeah. <laughs> he should have learned to play middle linebacker. I yeah, don't know. douche, get your shit together. Detmer threw for five hundred and seventy-six yards, an NCAA record. Had five hundred and ninety-four yards of total offense, which means he ran for eighteen yards. That's not as impressive. Another NCAA <laughs> record. In 1989, he finished ninth in, the, ninth in the Heisman voting, which was won by Andre Ware. I just got put in Twitter jail. For what? My tweet was, and I quote. Did you talk to the You're good at this. If you've never experienced at the Casio Kid doing stand-up live, slap yourself in the titty. I don't think I've ever <laughs> laughed so hard in my life. Bravo, my dude. <laughs> and you get, you get suspended for that? <laughs> I have a week in Twitter jail. I can't like, retweet, or post anything. <laughs> that's that's tremendous. I'm Are you the, shitting me? I might post the same thing just to see what happens. Slap yourself in the titty. Cassio texts me. He says, did you just tweet? I clicked it, and it said, post violated Twitter rules, and I showed it to him. Apparently, I'm naughty. This is ridiculous. I'm now in Twitter jail for a week. He goes, ha, 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 quit telling people to slap their titty. 
<laughs> this is ridiculous. This is all staying in, by the way. All of it. Okay. You have no say over that, but thank you. No, I do because I do the video. <laughs> so the in week, three weeks, you'll see it. The week prior to this, Detmer and his BYU Cougars played in the Pigskin Classic in, in Anaheim, California, losing 44-28 to to the Seminoles of Florida State. Mm. Lots of semen. Two late yeah. touchdowns by BYU made the score look a little more competitive than it actually was. This is just an FYI for everybody, just in case you were wondering. I was wondering. Thank you. Was Ron Simmons on that team? Former WCW World Heavyweight Champion and Florida State Seminole legend Ron Simmons was not on that team as he was a member of Doom at the time. You're welcome. None of this is in the notes, by the way, just so everyone's aware. As for Detmer, unfortunately, the college accolades never really transferred over into the NFL as many analysts thought Detmer was too small to play quarterback professionally. Eventually, Detmer was drafted in the ninth round, 230th overall to the Green Bay Packers in the 1992 NFL Draft. While serving as a backup to Brett Favre, Detmer only appeared in seven games during his four-year stint in Green Bay. Detmer found more playing time in Philadelphia in 1996, becoming the team's starting quarterback after an injury to Rodney Pete. Detmer finished the season with a 7-4 record, throwing for 2,911 yards and 15 touchdowns. It's not bad. That's pretty good, actually. After his stint in Philly, Detmer spent time in Cleveland, Detroit, and Atlanta. In 14 total seasons in the NFL, Detmer played in 54 games with 25 starts, totaling 6,351 yards passing with 34 touchdowns and 35 interceptions. Well, Troy Aikman numbers right there. Well, I mean, the poor man played for Philly, Cleveland, and Detroit in the 90s. All he missed was Cincinnati in the 90s. And Atlanta. By the way, TJ, I figured out, that game that we were talking about where they, he lost. Yeah. BYU had 11 TJs on defense. I will have you know, sir, I was a 162-pound nose guard when I was in high school. I would have I would have played great defense. Okay, flying, Brian. <laughs> I was. It really was. Detmer was a major investor in and employed by the Athlete Services Division at Triton Financial Corporation from 2007 to 2009. After the firm collapsed, founder Kurt Barton was indicted for fraud. I mean, Kurt Barton just sounds like a fraudulent name. No, you don't. You don't hire that guy. Detmer, who was not implicated in the scandal because he's a square, claims to have lost more money than anyone else because he's a sap. Overly trusting of Barton, whom he met at church, of course he did. Detmer became a victim of identity fraud. Who would want to be Ty Detmer? What a goof. Coy is the better Detmer. Maybe he should have tried drinking in college. He should have. He'd probably won three Heisman trophies. <laughs> uh, I really enjoy the atmosphere. He'll be while you can't drink, you can't do drugs. It's just an overall more enjoyable experience. But today, I'm the greatest of all time. With three. Wentz is going to run the ball. Makes a guy, but comes down to get. Over the second rafter, off the floor, nothing but net. Through the window, off the wall, nothing but net. You like that? You like that? Oh! 
my quarterback today well i've got josh allen kirk we, we haven't even gone over our fantasy teams that's unacceptable i we all know that i have kirk cousins as my quarterback. i didn't draft my fantasy team neither did i you uh, auto drafted i had a buddy do cousins. it for me well uh, yeah how do you do it got me a c me other my other league i have burrow as my quarterback i have I joe burrow here's my starting lineup let me find the app. Hold Let's on. Let's just do this. Let's just talk about our fans. I got two teams though. I only got one. I only have one because I'm not a. Huge I'm, in a I'm in a hundred dollar league, so I have. I won last year. Joe Burrow. That's a win. AJ Brown, Chris Godwin, Kenneth Walker the third, James Connor, Fairmuth guy, Fryermuth, him too, and Jalen Waddle. McPherson as my kicker and Minnesota's defense this week because they're playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Mm. <laughs> Tim, uh, hold on, mine's pulling up. Which right, one well, do you want? Here's what I do, got. Do you want? Do you want my AFS team? Sure. I was supposed to be in that league and forgot to do anything about it. Let's see. So I'm in a hundred dollar league at work that I won last so year. I wanted my again. AFS league. I have Joe Burrow as my quarterback, Josh Jacobs as a running back, uh, A.J. Dillon as a running back, Debo Samuel as a wide receiver, George Pickens as a receiver, Kyle Komet from your Chicago Bears as my tight end, uh, G. Davis, I don't mean Gabe Davis, is that his name? Yes. As uh, my flex, the Saints defense, because they are playing the Titans. By the way, did you call him Kyle Komet? Or Chris? Chris Komet. It's Cole. What is it? Cole? Cole Komet. Cole Trickle? Cole Trickle. Dick Trickle. Worst name in history. Gonorrhea? And Greg Greg Gano is my kicker because they're playing Dallas. I don't Graham is his name. Whatever. Graham Gano is Florida State Seminole legend, Graham Gano, by the way. I don't even know his name. So here's what I got. I got. I didn't get lucky enough like last year when I drafted the Holy Trinity of Josh Allen, Christian McCaffrey, and Saquon Barkley. But I got Josh Allen, Joe Mixon, Roddy White. Oh, I'm sorry, not Roddy White. He's long retired. Reggie Rashad White. White. Uh Chris Alave, Deontay Johnson, George Kittle, Marquise Brown, Buffalo's defense, Harrison Butker. Great kicker my, name. My my backup quarterback is Jared Goff of the Detroit Lions. He might be good this year. He looked good against the Chiefs. But let's see how you guys do in box for trivia. We found out the hard way. Doing college football is nearly impossible. So we're going to do where they go next. NFL league leaders for the 1991-92 season. I'm going to start. I'm going to throw a wrench in the works since Ty Detmer had such a illustrious NFL career. More interceptions than touchdowns. We're going to start with interceptions thrown by John Elway. In 1991-92, let's see if you can get three. John Elway is not one of them. Brett Favre. Brett Favre. No. Jim Kelly. Jim Kelly. Fifth with 17. Rodney Pete. Rodney Pete. No. What? Slap yourself in the titty. Uh, Steve Young. I got to throw Dave out of the room. Joe Montana. Joe Montana. No. Steve Young. Steve Young, no. Warren Moon. 
Warren Moon led the league with 21. There's two. That's a lot of interceptions. That's a man. ton. <laughs> and he threw 23 touchdowns. So oh, we're doing interceptions. I thought we were doing Vinny Testaverde. Vinny Testaverde tied for 10th with 15. Jeff George. Jeff George. Troy Aikman. No. no. Here's the rest of your team. You got three. You got three. Oh, yeah. we win. Here's the rest of your well, top 10 even tied with Testaverde. Guy I've never heard of, John Freeze of the San Diego Chargers. He was in I, that Batman movie. Tied for seventh. <laughs> That's Mr. Freeze. Yeah, Mr. John Freeze. Okay, sure. Boomer Esiason of your Cincinnati Bengals. They were Jim bad. Harbaugh of your Chicago Bears. They were and bad, too. Jay Schrader of the Oakland Raiders. Tied with Kelly for fifth. Jeff Kemp had 17. Tied for third. Chris Miller of Atlanta and Hugh Millen of New England. And in second of the Rams, Jim, don't call me Chris Everett. God. That man played 50 years, I'm, I'm telling you. Well, this year, see, if you would have guessed him for touchdown leaders, he would not have been on that list, but Steve DeBerg was. Kansas DeBerg. Well, up next, we're doing rushing. Oh, no, I'm sorry. We're doing receiving touchdowns up next. Jerry Rice. Jerry Rice, <laughs> Jerry Rice led the league with 14. Let's see if you can get four. So Andre, Andre Risen. Reed. Andre Risen tied for second with 12. Andre Reed. Andre Reed tied for fifth with 10. Art Monk. Tied for ninth with eight. Dang. Boo! You didn't even guess a wrong one in there. Here's the rest of the top ten. Tied for ninth with Art Monk, Michael Irvin, James Lofton, and Floyd Turner. Floyd Turner. Tied for seventh, Leroy Huard. Huard. And Don Taylor. Huard. Tied for fifth with Andre Reid, Gary Clark. Fourth, Michael Haynes. Sterling tied for second with Andre Risen. Michael P.S. Haynes. Michael P.S. Haynes. Mark Clayton. One half the Marks Brothers. By the way, Duper is still in the league here. He would have been in receiving yards. And now we're going to interceptions. I mean, okay, let's hell, let's see. Three. Deion Sanders. There's only three on this list you're going to get. So Deion's one of them. He was tied for second. Oh, defensive interceptions. Yes, defensive Uh, interceptions. uh, Deion um, Sanders threw all the interceptions, stupid. I mean, he could have. He went to Florida State. Dang. Uh, James Francis. Nope. Well, actually, oh, there's there's ten. Mo- there's like a, eighteen people tied for Ronnie Lott eighth. He- Ro- Ronnie Lott. Ronnie Lott led the league. Really. Of- of the Oakland Raiders with eight. There's two missing a finger. Ronnie Lott. Come on, Tim. You, you have need- to do something. You need I, one more. I'm not great at defense. The other player that I think that you could get on this list is in the Hall of Fame. LT. No. He, he, is, a, he is a safety. Linebacker LT. Stupid. He, he is famous for putting Christian Okoye on his ass. AFC West. Yeah. He's, is he a Raider? Denver Broncos. Denver Broncos. Sharp, number 27. Shannon Sharp was a tight end. Sterling Sharp. Sterling Sharp (laughs) was a wide receiver. receiver. (laughs) Close enough. In Green Bay. I think you're thinking of Darren Sharper and no. Hmm. Denver Broncos, Hall of Fame safety, not named John Lynch. No idea. Just Tempe Buccaneer, Hall of Fame safety. Stupid. Here we go. All tied for eighth. Eric Allen, Gene Atkins, Joey Browner, Vince Buck, 
and Denver Broncos NFL Hall of Famer Steve Atwater, all with five. Yeah, I was totally thinking of him. You guys don't know Steve Atwater? That guy was no. a beast. Yeah, we'd have been here until June. I still wouldn't have gotten it. <laughs> Tied for second, Gilbert, Ray Crockett, Gilbert? Chris Dishman, Tim McKire, and Aeneas Williams. That was a horrible category. Team. I have, well, to make up for it, I have a bonus question. Why don't Two we just do points. most touchbacks on kickoffs? I might. <laughs> that is on here. I can do it. <laughs> Keep 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 lifting up, and it'll happen. Mm-hmm. So here we go. Bonus points for MVP and Defensive Player of the Year because MVP and Offensive Player of the Year are the same person. Emmett Smith. So no, Troy a quarterback then. No, Jim Kelly. Wrong side of the Super Bowl. Mark Rippon. Tim Tim is right with the Bills. Thurman Thomas. Thurman Thomas was the MVP. A running back. Come and on. the defensive player of the year is one of the linebackers from back in the day when we covered the Dome Patrol of the Saints. Thurman Slug. It's, <laughs> it's Pat Swilling. Pat Summerall. Pat Summerall. Pat McCrotch. That was fun. Speaking of fun, we're going to keep the hits coming September 10th. One of the more iconic songs, not just of the 1990s, but ever, is released in the form of Smells Like Teen Spirit by Nirvana. This song was the lead track of Nirvana's second album, Nevermind. Nirvana had largely flown under mainstream music's radar, but when this song was released, it catapulted them to the front of the pack in a a way few others have seen before them. The band, which Kid Joe would like a word. Who? Ugly Kid Joe would like a word. But Ugly Kid Joe, I don't I know you, which way to I, go. I thought you, you said from? Cotton Eye Joe. <laughs> no, Ugly Kid Joe. The band, which consisted of Kurt Cobain, Who? Chris Novoselic, what and color were Kurt Cobain's eyes? Mm. Blue. I'm blue. I went <laughs> that way. The other one. <laughs> <laughs> what has eight legs and works at McDonald's? I don't know. The other four members of Nirvana. <laughs> <laughs> There's only three in the whole band. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, those three went straight from the top of the main, uh, straight to the top of the main tree and opened the door for other grunge bands like. I have a blue pilots, eye. It went out the window. <laughs> the Smashing Pumpkins and Soundgarden. <laughs> trying to ignore you the best I can. <laughs> The video for the song is based off the concept of a high school pep rally, which ends in a riot and was inspired by the 1979 film Over the Edge, as well as the Ramones movie Rock and Roll High School. It won two MTV MTV Video Music Awards. And according to Amy Finnerty, who worked in the MTV programming department, the song completely changed the look of MTV. And it's hard to argue that due to Kurt. Yeah, they stopped playing music. No, they were still playing it here Mm. in 91. I'm blue, I meet off a guy. <laughs> Due to Kurt Cobain's slurring of the lyrics, American rock critic Dave Marsh called the Louis Lu- called this song the Louis Louis of the 90s, saying that fo- uh, the state of the following, like Louis, only more so, Teen Spirit reveals its secret re- secrets reluctantly and more often incoherently. Easy for you to say. I, I'm, 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 I'm in bad shape today. I don't know why. The title derives from a phrase written on Cobain's wall by his friend Kathleen Hanna 
singer of the Riot Girl band Bikini Kill. I want to see that. Smells like Teen Spirit. Hannah meant that Cobain smelled like the deodorant Teen Spirit, which she and Toby Vale, his then girlfriend, had discovered during a trip to a grocery store. Never heard of it. Cobain like, said, "Oh, that- this smells like Kurt." Cobain said that he was unaware of the the deodorant until months after the single was released. He had interpreted it as a revolutionary slogan as they had been discussing anarchism and punk rock. So he smells like, we now know Kurt Cobain smells like urinal cakes. Well, he doesn't smell like a wrestling fan. Well, that's true. Touche. He doesn't smell at all now. Mm. He probably stinks a little. Stop making faces after you say that. <laughs> the music video received positive reviews. The Rolling Stone writer David Fricky described the video as looking like the greatest gig you could ever imagine. That's not what I thought when I saw it. In addition to a number Jerry one. Jerry Lee Lewis would have loved that gig. Yeah. In addition to a number one placing in the singles category, Teen Spirit also topped the music video category in the Village Voices 1991 Paz and Jop poll. Uh, yeah, when huge every, honor. It's a major award. They got a leg lamp. When everyone's uh rioting, you just see Jerry Lewis run around with like a girl under his arm. I'm gonna marry you. <laughs> the video won Nirvana the best new artist and best alternative group awards at the 1992 MTV Video Music Awards. And in 2000, the Guinness Book of World Records named Teen Spirit the most played video on MTV Europe. Or Tell Spirit. Rolling Stone placed the music video for Smells Like Teen Spirit at number two on their 1993 list of the top 100 music videos. MTV ranked the song's music video at number three on its 100 greatest music videos ever made in 1999. All right, you guys beat that song to death, so I'm going to talk about after he had a blue eye out the window. In 1997, Novoselic... I have a blue eye went out the window... And Courtney Love formed the limited liability company Nirvana LLC to oversee Nirvana projects, which I what projects do you have? Dude's dead. Okay. A 45 track box set of Nirvana rarities was scheduled for release in October of 2001. However, shortly before the release date, Love filed a suit to dissolve Nirvana LLC and an injunction was issued preventing the release of any new Nirvana material until the case was resolved. How much new material could they have? I think they had like an album or two's worth of new material that was unreleased. They're not Tupac and can continue releasing albums 20 years after death. Well, apparently they did, or they wanted to. But you put 45 of them on this one. But Courtney Love is you a should butthole. probably space it out a little more. Just saying. Love contended that Cobain was Nirvana. That seems a bit presumptuous. Mm. The Grohl and Novoselic were sidemen. Uh, uh, Dave Grohl would like a word. Yeah. (laughs) And that she had signed the partnership agreement originally under bad advice and probably on drugs. Grohl and Novoselic countersued, asking the court to remove love from the partnership and replace her with another representative of Cobain's estate, like his six-year-old daughter or something. The day before the case was set to go to trial in October 2002, Love, Novoselic, and Grohl announced they had reached a settlement because they gave her a bunch of cash mm. and, pri- and probably some coke. So you shut up. The next month, the Best of compilation Nirvana was released featuring the previously unreleased track, You Know You're Right, the last song Nirvana recorded. It's good, too. It's a good song. Closes with a bang. 
So if Smells Like Teen Spirit is the number three music video of the 90s, actually, well, 100 greatest movie, music videos ever made, what's number one and two? Uh, thriller. That's not the mm. 90s, stupid. No, it's ever. It is said 100, 100 greatest music, music no. videos ever made. Uh, I would thriller think it would be one. Thriller. Yeah. And uh, two would probably be... Wipeout by the Fat Boys. Uh, Sabotage by the Beastie Boys. Oh, I do like that one, too. Ooh, that is a good one. I would say if it was the uh, 90s... Rico Suave by Gerardo. If it was the 90s, and I'm not disagreeing with your Sabotage take, but say if it was, like, I think it said it was number two in the 90s, I would have to think just for, uh, <clears throat> like, recognizability, Alanis Morissette, uh, ironic isn't it ironic has to be up in like top three well i think if we're gonna go with spank ability i would go with britney spears hit me baby one more time <laughs> or I, maybe christina aguilera genie in a bottle i was gonna try to have an actual like come back to that actually camp. i take that back christina aguilera's dirty that mm-hmm. is the number mm-hmm. one genie in a bottle video of all me? dirty in a bottle mm-hmm. dirty? dirty no dirty mm-hmm. <laughs> Swing. Just listening to that song gives me a boner without the video. It's a great strip club it. song. It just makes too. me think of it. Speaking of great strip club strip club songs, let's go to NASCAR September 22nd. <laughs> Here's something we don't cover, near, cover nearly enough. We enter the racetrack as Harry Gant wins the goodies 500 at the racetrack known as the Paperclip Martinsville Speedway in Virginia. We need to give Harry Gant his... Flowers, as the kids say these days, and I hate that phrase. More often because he doesn't get enough credit for how good this dude was when he raced the NASCAR. And NASCAR, NASCAR in 91 was studded, y'all. Here in Martinsville, Gant pulled off the win in a field that included Rusty Wallace, Ernie Irvin, Davey Allison, Mark Martin, Alan Kowicki, Richard and Kyle Petty, Bill Elliott, Daryl Waltrip, Dale Jarrett, Sterling Marlin, Michael Waltrip, and Terry Labonte. The qualifying for the event was broken into two stages with the top 20 locking their position. Out of the 34 cars to show up, only one failed to qualify, and that was the number 52 Pontiac of Jimmy Means. It was probably a Fiero. That, that was the problem. Probably was. It wasn't big enough. That's why he failed to qualify. If Pontiac being here sounds odd to you, Buick and Oldsmobile were still hanging around here as well. Well, they could definitely bump up against cars and be fine. Gant was able to mount a crazy comeback in the race, taking the lead late on lap 454 after being spun on lap 376. This was the 16th career NASCAR victory for Gant, his fifth of the 91 season and fourth straight at that point. That is insane and seemingly unimaginable in 91 with how loaded the Winston Cup Series was. Yes. Gant won four out of the five races that month and earned the nickname Mr. September on a run that was truly remarkable. Gant was drafted by the Atlanta Braves in the fourth round of the 1983 MLB draft. Shortly after signing one of the richest contracts in Braves history in 1994, Gant broke his right leg in an ATV accident. The Braves ended up releasing him. He would not play again until 1995, emerging as a Cincinnati Reds legend before being signed to the shitty St. Louis Cardinals in 1996. 
I, I, I don't. In think February 2005, Gant was involved in a fatal car accident when his sport utility vehicle collided with a pickup truck in Fulton County, Georgia, killing the truck's driver. Wait, was that the same You'd accident think, that you the, would uh, think this guy would have been better having been a driver in NASCAR? That's you think you're you're talking about Ron Gant, and also um, was this was this the same fatal accident that injured the that tag team from NWA in '87? What was that? Um, what was their name? I don't know. Sean Royal and asshole that was injured, <laughs> but he said that the car accident was fatal. It, it is a fatal car accident, but he'll be back soon. His his, pressed, his vintage 1987 automobile. Impressive athlete having won all that in NASCAR and then went and played for the Braves. Timmy, we just watched it three weeks ago. What was uh, the name of that team? It's the, the new blood. tag team. I'll do the whole damn show. It was the new blood. I just remembered. Jesus. New blood or new breed? New breed. That was what it was. Thank Come you, on, Dave. stupid. September 24th. Harry Gant. Ron Gant. What was that? Uh, what was their cousins? What was Cole Trickle's crew chief's name in Days of uh, Thunder? Harry Harry, uh, Harry Hogg. Harry Hogg. That's a terrible <laughs> name. It's also what Dave has in his pants. No. <laughs> Dave is Dave is Baldy Hogg. Mm-hmm. September 24th. Boss Hogg. Thank you. Look. September 24th. The world mourns as famous children's book writer Dr. Seuss passed away at age 87 from cancer in his home in San Diego. If you went to school after the year 1950, Dr. Seuss was probably a pretty big part of your life. 1950 was the, the, the first year he wrote his first children's book in the form of If I Ran a Zoo. Over the next 40 years, Dr. Seuss would lay down one memorable book, memorable book after the other with titles like Horton Hears a Who, The Cat in the Hat, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, which is one of my son's favorite stories and movies, both of them, Green Eggs and Ham, the Lorax, and many others. Theodore Seuss Giesel was born on March 2nd, 1904 in Springfield, Massachusetts. His father owned a family brewery, but was later named to supervise Springfield's public park system after the brewery was forcibly closed due to prohibition. It's a crazy sentence to read out loud. That dude was old. <laughs> yes. Dr. Seuss would go on to Dartmouth College and graduated in 1925. While in college, he became the editor for a humor magazine on campus, the Dartmouth Jack-O-Lantern. While a member of the Sigma Phi Epsilon fraternity, Seuss and nine of his friends were caught drinking gin, forcing Dean Craven Laycock, what a name, to ask Seuss to resign from all extracurricular activities because a prohibition and possessing of alcohol was illegal. Seuss agreed, at least to the Dean's face. Soon, Seuss continued working at the school paper just under a pseudonym now, Dr. Seuss. Fun fact, as World War II began, Dr. Seuss turned to political cartoons, drawing over 402 years as editorial cartoonist for the left-leaning New York City daily newspaper, PM. His political cartoons later published in Dr. Seuss Goes to War denounced Adolf Hitler and Benito Mussolini who were and were highly critical of non-interventionists such as Charles Lindbergh, who opposed U.S. entry into the war. One cartoon depicted Japanese Americans being handed TNT in anticipation of a signal from home, while other cartoons deplored the racism at home against Jews and blacks that harmed the war effort. His cartoons were strongly supportive of President Roosevelt's handling of the war, 
combining the usual extortions to ration and contribute to the war effort with frequent attacks on Congress and parts of the press. You mean exhortations. That's what I said. You said extortion. I meant extortion. (laughs) He's extorting the shit out of Congress. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, that's every member of Congress. And the Department of Completely Goddamn Dumb. Seuss's work for children has been criticized for unconscious racist themes. What? Come on. Yeah, he got canceled like three years ago. Yeah. Dr. Seuss Enterprises, the organization that owns the rights to the books, films, TV shows, stage productions, exhibitions, digital media, licensed merchandise, and other strategic partnerships announced on March 2nd, 2021, that it will stop publishing and licensing six books. The publications include, and to think I saw it on Mulberry Street, if I ran the zoo, which by the way, TJ, that was his first one you said, mm-hmm. Miguelliot's Pool, On Beyond Zebra, Scrambled Egg Super, and The Cat's Quizzer. According to the organization, the books, quote, portray people in ways that are hurtful and wrong and are no longer being published due to racist and sensitive imagery. Dr. Seuss, a racist. Jesus. Didn't we just say he cartooned to point out racism in the military? we We don't like facts. (laughs) <laughs> like i it, it let's i mean uh, this is ridiculous for we're just go ahead and say that now but let's yes. say um you let's say you read if i ran the zoo which again we said was released in 1950 um you can't be surprised if something slipped through the cracks in 1950 and i mean they even said unconsciously, supposedly racist. No, it, but subconscious, but not unconscious. If was, you don't have someone there, he was going, racist hey, in his sleep. Hey, hey he said that. I, Jesus, <laughs> I don't know what to do about this. This is that like fucking. I hate people. I generally speaking, I am I am willing to listen on like things like this. I am not willing to listen to this one. That's no. crazy. That's crazy. No. Especially after researching the man. That were all these books, and again, we just pointed out he drew cartoons against racism in the military in the 1940s. No, I ain't having this. This is crazy. You know what I have to say to that? Hmm. That means it's my turn. Hmm. Let's go to Timmy's Trivioki. Figaro. Figaro, 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 Figaro. That's not Tosca. Ugh, my ears. My neck, my back. Yep, I remember. Everyone remembers when Elvis performed that. You make a move, I wanna take care of you. Bermuda, Mahalo, Mama, Thank you, Dave, for bringing us in with a COVID. You edit that. All right. So bringing us in with COVID. <laughs> song number one, clue number one. Since 2000, this song has been used as the entrance theme for the Virginia Tech Hokies football team's home games at Damn Lane Sandman. Ed Damn it, he said it before me. We just talked about this in, in Schomburg. Uh, so, 
Song number two, clue number one. This is a song recorded by an American vocal harmony group named Boys to Men. Motown Philly. No, love it. Dave is killing it. 74 more points. You can't Song number three. Time. This is your turn, DJ. I feel like this is in your wheelhouse. Song number three. This song was released in July 1991 as the lead single from this person's or band debut album, Music for the People. Fran Tarkenton. Clue number two. The song became a number one hit in the United States, Denmark, Sweden, and Layla. Switzerland. It spent 20 weeks on the Billboard Hot 100. Song number three. A black and white music video was produced to promote the single. It featured Marky Mark working out and boxing bare tested. Yeah. Why did you think that was gonna be cool, baby? baby? He's definitely gonna get this one. Why? I get two. If you wanted to get me a song that I would get, you need to do some Journey or some Boston. Give him a Boston. Oh, that's, uh, song that's, uh, 200, 222 points to Dave this week. Wow. He always wins this game. So it's not fun. Come on, swing it. It's all right. If you count all the box score trivia up, Dave's leading like 301 to 11, and that's legit for me. James Francis. Was that a clean yeah. sweep? Barry Larkin, it was. You always get me to clean sweep. That's not a surprise. <laughs> now it's my turn. Hit the... Now it's time for Dave's Face. Have you seen it? You slipper the hot beef injection. I just want to reiterate my Anna Kendrick take about giving me a boner. Mm. All right. The score is <laughs> Efren a lot. You smell fart? Not yet. Efren is killing you guys from last week. True. <laughs> 
He was cheating. He was he looking was over cheating. your shoulder, dumbass. Now's the time to catch up. We have two movies this week. Catch Just up. Just two. Can't was two. Can't do that. And one of them was in August. Great. The top movie of the month was F- Freddy Krueger: The Final Nightmare. Um, Nightmare on Elm Street. Final. Five. Never seen it. Five. Never seen it. It was good. All right. Movie number A. Our first movie this week grossed more than twenty six point three million at the box Ooh. office on a budget of thirteen point five million. So it made no money. This is an American sport comedy film and is one of Major League Neces- Necessary James Roughness. Phase. Necessary Roughness TJ with 14 points. Damn, hey, I said game. it earlier. I got it a half hour ago. <laughs> I got it a half hour ago. I still would have got it because I love that movie. Due to Ireland's butt. The Texas State University fighting armadillos must form a football team from their actual student body with no scholarships to help to play their football schedule. Scott Bakula was star Scott Bakula as a 35 year old former high school football star who never attended college due to his father's death. Also star Sinbad, Rob Schneider and the gorgeous Kathy yeah. Ireland. I'd eat her butt. I, I do enjoy uh, the, the Taekwondo scene where the linebacker just starts kicking people <laughs> and the, and the referee has to <laughs> imitate all the moves is my favorite part. <laughs> <of the movie. laughs> Love this movie. Also Great love that the big movie. celebration scene at the end of the movie is a tie. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> All right. Our final movie of the week. Can Tim get back in it? Many a women have asked that question. With a budget of 20 million, our second movie this week raked in 54.8 million at the box office. Okay. This is an American romantic comedy. A young doctor on his way across the country to a job interview crashes his Doc Hollywood. Hollywood. TJ Steppins kicking your boot. And by the way, I did get one last week. Remember, Efren said, now I I realize what you're saying to me. And I was first anyway. That's one of the rare PG-13 movies that has titties in it. Yes. Mm. And they are glorious. So actually, I I believe. I I believe I am now tied with Efren 3 to 3. Uh, Efren got 27 last week. Okay, you have good. 24.9 right now. Uh, oh. <laughs> PJ with a zero. Or Timmy with Timmy. zero. And we're going to start the show. This is the famous opening scene where Bobby Heaton is walking around Heaton? the studio. He's Bobby Heaton. Heaton. Bobby Heaton. Uh, he's walking around the studio with the big gold, demanding people look busy. Because Ric Flair will be on the show tonight. He has some of the best wine line, one-liners I've ever heard in this one scene. Example, who dresses you? The state? And nice hat, pull it down over your face. Then we get the show intro. Well, my favorite was the guy that was facing away from Bobby, and he says, get a tie that matches. What? <laughs> the studio here is neat, but I prefer old school Bobby and Gorilla. Agreed. Lord yes. Alfred Hayes welcomes us to the show and welcomes Bobby Heenan with the big gold belt, which is still weird to see. Then Alfred introduces Sean Mooney. Then Heenan and Mooney go back and forth, and as Mooney tries to touch the belt, Heenan says, go touch Alfred. He needs it. Ooh, whale rope. <laughs> Mooney then tells us who we will see on the show, including The Undertaker with Paul Bearer and the new tag team champions, the Legion of Doom. Then Heenan tells Mooney to go sit in the stands, and Heenan introduces... Rick Flair, who will be upcoming in the show later on. 
Did you notice that uh, in the crowd behind Sean Mooney at one point was Sister Love? She looked like just like Brother Love, had the red face and everything, the glasses. Oh, yeah, I did see her, yeah. I think they pointed her out, didn't they? That's, that's aunt, my Aunt Gertrude. Leave her over in Tampa. <laughs> we call her Gertie. Match one. Gertie, Gertie. And before we um, say the, the participants of this match, I want to say rest in peace to Sheik Adnan Al-Casey. He just passed away, but... I say that because Colonel Mustafa, who's not him, it's the Iron, Iron Sheik, takes on Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Do they really expect us to not realize that this is the Iron Sheik? They gave him a new name and everything, but Ooh. he's still ball with a mustache and the curly boots. But he's, it says Iraq now. Sure. And he's from Iran. No, Steamboat. it says Iraq. Okay, that's, that's fine. Ste- kind he of has like a, uh, a tattoo It says property of Iraq. Cactus Jack is from K- uh, Truth or Quantity. Consequences. New Consequences. You're having trouble talking I'm, today. Sir. I'm struggling. What's the morning? I don't do the morning. Johnson and Johnson. Steamboat is full bore, breathing fire and everything here. Yuck. She jumpstarts the match, but Dragon quickly takes over and thus turns the match into a match surrounded by patriotism. They go back and forth for a bit until Steamboat hits the top rope body press for the win. Yeah, I got to love how they're like, hey, guys, he's a former world champion, but <laughs> you don't remember that. He's now Iraqi. He's not and it wasn't even Iran. a decade ago. Apparently, there's apparently there's no other Middle well, Easterners. To, to, to be fair, uh, with General Adnan, yeah. uh, early in his career, was Italian. So, But he's actually Iraqi. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but he, <laughs> he, he was used in an Italian in the 80s. And Steamboat wins here because he's awesome. And, you know, the Hogan slaughter feud was over, so there's no need to push the Iraqis anymore. This would have been a much better match with much better gimmicks just five years earlier. Agreed. The Dragon's boots here with flames on the back look stupid. And the Dragon wins the battle of the mid-card superstars. (laughs) Battle of former world champions right there. No. Yeah, it was. No. It Steamboat was? was not a former world champion. He was. That doesn't uh, he count. In 89. He should have showed up and said he was the real world Literally champion. Literally Yeah, he <laughs> That's what I would have done. Who'd you beat for that, Flair? Yeah. Actually. I Why didn't they do that w- feud? I should have booked WWF in 1991. It was sitting right there in front of their face. I never put those two together. Why didn't they I mean, you're that? not going to do it with Hogan. You might as well do it with Steamboat. I mean, I'm not, I'm not upset about Savage, but we come back to the studio and see Jameson reading the newest edition of the WWF magazine. Then Crowder? we go over who Jameson Crowder. Yeah. Him. Okay. No, then we go over me. what happened at the wedding of Randy Savage and Miss Elizabeth as Randy was attacked by Jake Roberts. And then here comes the undertaker and Paul Bearer. Oh, yes. Then we go back and view the footage of Randy Savage getting struck in the dome with the urn at their wedding reception. We see the first dance and the cutting of the cake, and then they they open presents, and there's a snake, and here comes the Undertaker. There's a lot going on in this one scene. This has hit me all in all the feels, though. I love this. This this is primetime stuff. Sid Justice comes to the rescue with a chair. Thank God for Sid Justice. My biggest takeaway from this segment, Bobby Heenan, Miss Elizabeth, Paul Bearer, and Randy Savage are all gone. I run through that same thought every time I see an old wrestler who's no longer with us. 
Well, see, I went a different way with this. I I think it probably plays into my age a little bit. So they do the wedding recap, and this was around the time that Elizabeth and Savage marriage was actually kind of falling apart behind the scenes. And it made me wonder if Macho Man kind of pitched this as a last-ditch effort to kind of keep Elizabeth around. Hmm. I mean, it's it's possible, but I think... I think Hogan was getting ready to go away again. And they didn't, they felt like they needed someone to, to feud with flair. Steamboat. No, we know that we know that. And I think that's why they kind of brought Savage back. Mustafa. She could have been good. Yeah. With Randy Savage. No, with flair flair. No. Turn the Iraqi sympathizer baby face. I have seen the light, Huck Bluey. <laughs> Match two. The Bushwhackers take on Dwayne Gill and Barry Hardy. Who? Yep. The Bushwhackers are feuding with the Beverly Brothers, and I believe we just... The original Hardy Who? Boy. It's their it's their cousin. Yeah, it's the original Hardy the Boy. The original yeah, Hardy dad. Boy. I believe cousin. we just discovered that the new manager of the Beverly's is the genius. Pretty standard tag team squatch match as the Bushwhackers get all the offense and hit the battering ram for the win. And afterwards, they licked him white. That's how you celebrate. Sure. Let's be realistic here for a minute. How in the hell was the battering ram? I don't know, but we need to reenact it next time we're all together. Mm. Yes. I'll hold. No, you got to. You got to have the bald head. Someone's got to hold Dave's head. I mean, none of them are bald. Dave's head is bald. Yeah, stupid. No, but none of the bushwhackers are bald, you dope. Luke was, uh, he's pretty bald. Balding. All right. I feel like this Dwayne Gill guy might have something with a different gimmick for us. It would be better than Dwayne Gill. Was it better? Toxic turtle. Yes. Way more entertaining than jobber Dwayne Gill. I'm not arguing that Gilberg is is entertaining, but it wasn't really a gimmick. He was just being a spoof Goldberg. He was just there to piss off Bill Goldberg. Yeah. They should have had Goldberg versus Gilbert. Sure. Goldberg came They in. should have had Gilbert beat the Fiend. I um, I do remember, I think it was a Royal mm-hmm. Rumble where Gilbert went to go spear China and he just ran into her and fell. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of yeah. my favorite things ever. Because <laughs> you have to start out as a jobber for that to actually work. Not a whole lot of wrestling in this match, just a lot of stomping around because that's what the Bushwhackers did. Yep. In NWA, they bladed like John Moxley, and in WWF, they just stomped around. Mm-hmm. Bobby Heenan back in the studio puffs up Ric Flair, and Mooney suggests that the spectacle it would be in Hogan and Flair met, if only. Yeah. Match three, Hercules with Slick takes on Phil Apollo. Not much to say here. Another squash match, and Hercules wins it with a torture rack. I will never understand how power and glory didn't become a bigger thing in the WWF. They were a great tag team. Hercules looked like a big bag of damn it here that had been coked out for six months. Well, I think it was the hair. Like if, if it wouldn't have said it was Hercules and he had the power trunks on, you would almost wouldn't know who that was. Yeah. Not that he's not my Hercules. (laughs) Sure. 
Back in the studio, we see Heenan making fun of a child in the crowd, even though Sean Mooney is trying to discuss the Nasty Boys at SummerSlam. Then they show Heenan holding up the big gold belt after SummerSlam as he tries to accost Hogan. We see a door that says Hulk, but you never actually see Hogan as the door just slams in Heenan's face. It was actually the Incredible Hulk. It wasn't mm. even Hogan. That's why he slammed it. He's like, Hulk smash. That makes sense that he was at backstage at SummerSlam. Match four. Lou Ferrigno. He was. Uh, <laughs> match four. Jim the Anvil Nightheart takes on the Brooklyn Brawler. Ah, yes. The new Heart Foundation's in effect as Nightheart has the parachute pants on. Just the new foundation. And it yep. hadn't started yet. That's what I said. Yeah. The mm. new foundation. It's like new sensation. Mm, that'll get over. Yeah, that's, yes. Yep. Again, uh, high energy was way I mean, that's arguable. new foundation. Mm, Coco beware. A uh, pretty standard squash match here. Nightheart wins the power slam. Anybody ever thought about how Owen Hart was nothing more than a glorified job until '94? Eh. The blue blade, the blue blazer, kind of got anything in '89. Well, I'm sure he beat anybody? several jobbers on Superstars. Jobbers, but he's I, never I, beat he was else. on Survivor Series in 1989. I guess okay. Owen Hart did beat Skinner sure. at WrestleMania you eight. You you would think That's I would it. hope Owen That's Hart it. was one of those guys. Like once he turned heel, and he started to get into it, they were the whole time like we've had this guy for eight years, and we never why why did we never do this? And he's way better than his brother, who we've just been pushing to the moon. Fucking asshole. <laughs> Every time I see Jim Neidhart now, this is how much Bruce Pritchard has entered my soul. All I think is, uh, the rhino here. Yeah. Anvil getting ready to start with the new foundation. I was in Brooklyn a couple years ago for WrestleMania, and I didn't see anyone that looked like the Brooklyn brawler there. He looked like a trash bag. He did. Lots of hippies and shit in New York right now. Well, that's probably now. Anvil makes quick work. You think you think you think back in '91 there were just like dumpster laden people <laughs> hanging around Brooklyn? Yeah, this it was like Greece. There was just gangs of Thunderbirds <laughs> running around. <laughs> no, they were drinking Thunderbird. Yeah, it's a good got the rhino here. I know. I love that. When we come back, Heenan is still putting over the fact that Flair is defending the title while Hogan is making movies, but he's not. How could he defend the title if Heaton has it? Correct. It is. Yes. It's my turn. When did Flair actually have his first match in the WWF? Uh, Royal Rumble 1992. No, I know his team wrestled Pipers at Survivor Series 91. I don't remember that. But nothing before that. I know nothing about anything before that. Although he won perhaps the greatest Royal Rumble ever. You have to admit the Flair uh, That's run not the trash. greatest Royal Rumble ever. 2008 was the greatest Royal Rumble ever. You can be wrong. That's fine. Mm, I'm not. Can we talk about how the big gold desperately needed to be put on some new leather here? Like that shit was falling off. Those side plates. Terrible. Match five. He his first televised win 
and the WWF came just after this show, September 29th, on Wrestling Challenge when he beat Jim Powers. There you go. Speaking of, match five. Match five. It's almost like they knew Jim Powers takes on the bully Biff Busick with Harvey Whippleman. Harvey Hippleman. Busick starts out the match in control as he takes shortcuts and cheats. Then Jim Powers makes his comeback. After a bit, Busick takes control back and beats Powers the stump puller, which I did not see coming. To be fair, what you typed is much dirtier. You said he takes back control. <laughs> yes. <laughs> My word, Jim Power has been a jobber forever. I thought for sure he was going to finally win a match and I was going to see it. And he lost. I think I remember Harvey and the bully from A Christmas Story. Yes. You're going to cry for me? Cry, baby, cry. No. Not them? Yes, it was. They look very similar. Can we talk about how Harvey Whippleman would have been arrested for smoking in the building? Not in 1991. Well, not in 91, but he would now. Now, yes. Be arrested for wearing that suit jacket. The bully's mustache game is on point. I how did I don't remember seeing this guy before or after this. I've seen I I remember seeing him a few times. He had a good look. I don't understand. <laughs> and I feel like with his commentary, Gorilla has way more expectation for Jim Powers than he should have, because all he's done is lose for like six years at this point. Yeah. Uh, again, part of I mass will, confusion. I will never get over WCW. Oh, no. Doing the four pro, like the four new blood members in 1996, and it was Jim Powers, Alex Wright, Joe Gomez, and the Renegade. And Jim Powers was 40. I'll never get over that. Now we get Mean Gene for a WWF magazine update, specifically a funeral parlor segment with Heenan as he is still poo pooing the WWF title and the WWF champion. Heenan is antagonizing Roddy Piper, who is at the broadcast position until Piper gets up and approaches Heenan and Bearer. This interaction between Piper and Heenan is great stuff. And again, why didn't we ever get a Flair and Piper feud? That would have been incredible. Dragon. Probably because Piper Piper would have refused to lose to him. Well, no, he he lost to him a lot. And to be fair, Flair's gimmick was kind of I win by count out or yeah. lose by count out. Okay. Go ahead, Timmy. I prefer the event center to update. I I mean, it's same place. I just, I don't like, I, no. It's really weird to see Bobby Heenan in a suit here on the funeral parlor. It was Not, weird. He usually wore some outfits with st- like studs and. I didn't like it. It was like, it was almost like he was trying to be J.J. Dillon is kind of what I thought when I saw him. I was like. That that ain't you though. You're better. He was a door to door window curtain salesman. <laughs> the green screen work is phenomenal though. Where Roddy Piper, they got Vince and Roddy. Roddy walks off, and Vince, you can see the green in his hair. <laughs> like I don't, I don't know. They're actually there. And uh, mm, they were and there. Then I what I gathered not. from the crowd was Hulk had some pretty shitty shirts in 1992. What? Hulkamania, Hulk rules. That's all you needed. Stop it there. And the helmet. The helmet. What? 
The war. You ever saw the battle helmet? No. Uh, Google that. When we get back to the studio, Heenan introduces Ric Flair once and for all. Finally, here he comes in the in that black '92 Royal Rumble robe. This is an interview segment with Ric Flair and Bobby Heenan. It's amazing, of course. Flair calls out Piper and then Hogan and goes down the line. Great stuff. I still can't believe we didn't get a Flair Hogan yep. match at WrestleMania. And I liked the promo. I thought it was good, but it's not nearly as edgy as the stuff he was doing in 86 and 87 in NWA. No Space Mountain. No call. I mean, you could tell this was designed for children. Like, I mm, I prefer the other stuff. This, if you're going to have flair, give me flair. Drinking vodka. You know, calling the women on. Going to show you Space Mountain. I don't need flair just, Hogan, I'm going to beat you. Wait, waving his wiener at some lady. Never in the actually going to wrestle you, but I'm going to beat you. And then, uh, Shut your mouth, fatty. As he was, that yeah, was another one no. he always enjoyed. Fat boy. That was why Flair never took off in WWE. Is is Flair and Hogan at WrestleMania eight the biggest missed opportunity in WWF history? Mm. Yes, it, I mean it's up it's there. Good. It's got it's got to be top. It's top I would, three. I would think like there's got to be some Roman stuff that. Should have been done too. I I can't think of a bigger one, but I mean, it's got to be top three. Got to be. Honestly, it would have been like Hogan and Flair at WrestleMania five. That would have been because he almost came in 88 and it would have been perfect for 89. Well, that would. Oh, yeah. Okay. You're right. Because he almost came back for SummerSlam 88. And they would have yeah. both been just hot as hell oh, yeah. at that point. Then you would have got Flair. Yeah. On Match Brother six. Love. Ladies, yeah. let me show you the love. Ugh. IRS takes on the Texas Tornado Carry Von Eric. This was a good match with IRS getting a lot of offense and really was in control for most of this match. Van Eric goes for the discus punch, but IRS pulls the ref in front, causing Tornado to hit the referee. IRS thinks he won by DQ, but indeed the ref DQs IRS. Boy, how far had the Texas tornado fallen by late ninety one? Dude had it all in Texas yes. and drugs. I do love him. that Kerry is wearing the nineteen eighty four robe here. Not the nineteen eighty four shoe though. There's mm. a lot more room in that eighty four shoe. Rude. Yeah. What? Looks like IRS might be trying to send a message to Kerry after he literally kicks him in the face. Oh, he was getting stiff. Like. No, it was not getting those were receipts for something. I like because they were parts like, of this match. He kicked him in the face. There were parts of this match that you would watch it and you go, I cannot believe they're airing this because it wasn't live. They picked yeah. it. They yeah. picked this one. And then it's weird that Alfred would talk about giving a receipt on commentary. I feel like Carrie might have been stirring some shit up backstage. I don't think he had much longer to go. And can we talk about Kerry's jacket being white and red? Yet his tights underneath are neon green. His knee pads are neon green and blue. His tassels are yellow and black. Apparently, in addition to having one foot, he was also colorblind. And he looks like he's doped out of his mind. Terrible. So I'm looking up to see when he was done with the WWF because, I mean. It's coming soon. Uh, 92 when? August 92, so less than a year. Yeah. 
Hanging out with Kurt Cobain. Gross. Match seven, Pat Tanaka takes on Superfly Jimmy Snuka. Tanaka dominates the majority of this match. Yes, you heard me correctly with the help of Mr. Fuji. Then Snuka gets the advantage, hits the splash, gets the win. Soup, soup, Superfly. I'm just glad we joined it in progress. And why is Snuka wearing boots? He didn't wrestle with boots. It looked weird. It did look really And watching weird. this match, all I could think was, it's too bad Tanaka didn't coach that girl back in 83. Mm. Uh, oh, never mind. Never mind. Dang. And the heel gets the victory. Match um, with if, Killer. If, if you noticed. I keep on if, falling. If, if you notice, um, <laughs> our match reviews are short. And the reviews for the promos are longer. It's because the matches were shit. That's why. They were, they were short. So there's not much to cover. This one was literally in in progress. And we saw (laughs) a minute and a half of it. When we come back to the studio, we are introduced to the Legion of Doom and their finest sleeveless t-shirts. What a rush. Well, they they discuss their feud with the Nasty Boys and interact with a little road warrior in the crowd. When we come back from break, they're still sister love. Yes, it was. They're still here talking about how the LOD won their titles at SummerSlam when Hawk was out of his mind and what happened at MSG before the show. We footed, we have footage of the National Disasters going after Andre the Giant, who's on crutches, and the LOD comes out for the rescue. I just realized Hawk's pants are covered in the Kansas City Chiefs logo with no KC. Yep. It was around this time that LOD would disappear and the Natural Disasters would start their run. The Nasty Boys ended up turning face in a move that makes zero sense because they were the worst face tag team ever. And right here is when tag team wrestling in the WWF went to shit. Uh, the Natural Disaster is not a great baby face tag team either. My There's bathtubs running upstairs because, you know, who needs quiet when you're recording? Match eight. We go to a six-man tag match that happened at SummerSlam as power and glory. There you go, Dave, with the Warlord take on Texas Tornado Ricky Steamboat and the British Bulldog. When Warlord and the Bulldog are about to face off, we go back to Sean Mooney, because who wants to see that? And we go back to the barber shop with Ted DiBiase and Brutus Beefcake. We're discussing the legendary feud between DiBiase and Virgil. I love me some million-dollar man, but as soon as he said Virgil, I ordered some Olive Garden on DoorDash and missed the promo. Boy, they sure don't make talk segments like they used to. Piper's Pit, Flower Shop, Funeral Parlor, Barbershop. So good. So good. I love they show from SummerSlam. Steroids Inc. versus Steroids Inc. with Ricky Steamboat. Match nine. We're going to come back to SummerSlam for some more highlights. This time, the legendary IC title match between Mr. Perfect and Bret Hart. We join the match in progress towards the end when Hart locks in the sharpshooter and gets the win and gets his first singles title and kiss my ass. This was a great match. Great match. I will finally give Brett his due. This match was spectacular. Mr. Perfect made it. I still will never see Brett as a face of a company, but man, this match was classic. Had Perfect never gotten hurt, I would have loved to see these two run it back over the next few years for the world title. 
Why now? Match 10. The Warlord takes on Mark Hamas. You will never hear me talk a lot about a Warlord match. He dominates... Warlord? Warlord. You're killing it. Farquhar. <laughs> Warlord's dead. He dominates Lord locks Farquhar. in the full Nelson. Gets the win. <laughs> How bad do you have to be to have the physique of the Warlord and still not get pushed to the moon? As bad the as the Warlord. I can tell you why here in just a second. Perhaps one day we'll get a warlord, warlord, warlord a episode. Warlord, warlord. Yep. Win or lose, I'm pretty sure I never saw a warlord match go. You're so than scared of minutes. that word. <laughs> I almost said warlord again. What Ward is the low, warlord Ward. doing? Having a mustache on the back of his head, not over his mouth. He's got it down. It's like the worst. It's like a rat pussy instead of a rat tail. Well, he had a W. Yeah, it, it's what not a W, though. Say? It's just kind of a wavy line. What did you just say? All right. You know how he a had what? Rat, on the back of his head? Rat. You know how he had rat tails? That were yes. The, he had a rat pussy on the back of his head. Match 11. <laughs> Big Boss Man take on some doofus named Dwayne Evans. Who? Boss Man didn't even build up a sweat. Boss Man slammed for the win. Then he handcuffs Evans to the to the ring rope after the match. Hasn't he had enough? Do you know how short that match had to be for the boss man not to work up a sweat? Thirteen seconds. I always thought I always thought the boss man beating the shit out of his opponents after a victory was more of a heel move yeah, than yes, something a face correct. would do. I know TJ loved him some boss man, but I, he never really did much for me outside of his. That was the one you picked. Gimmick. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what's going on in WWF at this point? Warlord, Warlord had a trailer. mustache on the back of his head. This jobber has a whole damn beard on the back of his head. What? Hey, see if you can put facial hair on the back of your head and shave the rest of it. That'd be cool. I All right, I do like that they were like, hey, we're going to put you in the Nation of Domin- or Nation of Domination, Dungeon of Doom. What's my name? <laughs> it, it's Ray. It's like there's 47 bad money slims here in WWF 91. <laughs> and that match was quick. Yes, all of them were, as the people can tell. Finally, Mooney and Heenan send us home. Thank God. Thank you. Whew, that was you long. know what else was long? That's what she said. But much more, that's not what she said, but much more entertaining is this week's episode. And if you enjoyed it, please let us know. Give us that five-star review wherever you get this podcast. Make sure to follow our show on Twitter at FF Popcast, on Instagram at Filter Free Popcast. Follow our Patreon at Filter Free Net. And, of course, our streaming network, Premier Streaming Network, at Watch On Premiere. As for us, you can find us all at Dave. At Dave in the HSV. Timmy C. He's in Twitter. But I'm in jail right now. At Twitter. Timmy C. 1979. And I am at T Stevens 91 next week. We're going to cover mid South wrestling from September of 1984. Jerry Rice breaks his own records, but today's show heads to Moscow. The whole country is in jeopardy and so much more. This has been the filter free podcast and so long for now. Joke of the week. What did the blanket say when it fell off the bed? I'm down. <laughs> oh, shit. Rest in peace, Jimmy.
Nibbling on sponge, sponge cake. cake. Nibbling on sponge cakes. Watching, watching the sun, the sun bake. bake. Watching the sun bake. All the all love love to all of the on my front porch swing. Smell of 